It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 16th of May. Bucks Raptors, Warriors Blazers, Euro League Final Four? Oh my gosh, we're digging into everything possible. What does last night's game mean to the Jazz? We'll discuss any of that kind of things. And do we finally get to the Joe Ingles season preview? Plus, a bunch of questions from you on today's edition of a live edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky, geeky numbers, and hopefully carrying you through the offseason and making it more fun to be a Jazz fan. Next week on the program, Tony Jones interview. Yes, the Athletics Tony Jones and I will sit down, and that'll be next week. Uh, on the program, we'll have that for you, um, as well as some other fun things, uh, hopefully one other interview, uh, to carry you through next week's programming, as I uh, will still do a live segment, and then we'll have some interview segments. I'm going to be traveling a little bit, but we'll get the show out uh, for you. Today's show is available for you, and all Locked On Jazz shows are available for you on Himalaya app, the brand new app, with their great curated playlists and all sorts of other things in a complicated podcasting world. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well as Stitcher, and you can tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Also, I think you can now kind of search Google for podcasts, too. Uh, all of the teams available on the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you. Hello to Cody Jensen and, and Brian Thornock and Tyler Grangy and Mike Hart, who evidently, and two of you are top fans. I don't know what that is, but that's a new thing. Uh, just quickly off last night's game, I thought a lot of that happened as we expected with the Bucks raptors I don't want to spend too much time, and I don't think it's a high-interest thing to you. Bucks were down by 10, by the way. You only win 23% of your games. You're down by 10. They're 21-20 and 20 on the season when down by 10, and they're 4-1. and one. Um, they, they really might be great. Um, some of their defensive abilities remind you of those great Bulls teams. You know, everyone talks about us and whether defense really wins. Defense wins if your offense is good enough to go with it. That's and that's what they have. I mean, they have the they have the defensive prowess. They're number one tied with us for number one defense in the league. And uh the fact is that their their offense goes with it. That's why they're good enough. Our problem is our offense wasn't good enough. Uh the thing in this series to me is whether or not Toronto's gonna be able to score. And that we talked about it yesterday is Toronto is going to have to play with an accelerated pace of play because I'm just not convinced they can score against the box. And that came to fruition. They played the first half with great, great tempo. Um, and then the second half, they weren't they they lost their juice, probably tired. Uh, and then by the end of the night, their offense was 16th percentile, 99 points per 100 possessions. Um, they only shot 21% of their shots at the rim, which is what Milwaukee just does not let you do. They do not allow shots at the rim. And then neither team scored very well in the half court. In fact, Milwaukee had a bigger problem in the half court scoring than Toronto did, but Toronto was not very good uh, in the half court. Uh, a few other notes. Kyle Lowry is just a winner. Um, the rest of the Raptors not named Lowry and Leonard went one for 23 in the second half. This is kind of the reoccurring theme to me of the playoffs is that greatness 
matters. You know, as we look at the Utah Jazz going forward, we've, we've just got to find, like, it's nice to find this piece and, like, the first question is, how's Patrick Beverly work? And, like, uh, Thomas Sadoransky's nice and we're going to try to find our next Royce O'Neal or Joe Ingles. And you know what? You just need studs, man. You need studs. And Pascal Siakam's, like, a gr- great young find and a super player and borderline all-star and gets pretty absent all of a sudden. I thought the play of the night, and I thought it was really a brilliant play last night, was, and these are the kind of plays that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I do think matters. These are the type of players you want. Chris Middleton's pretty damn good, too. But Chris Middleton's guarding Danny Green, who cannot, who is not, cannot dribble. It's 100 to 99 at this point. So the Raptors have the ball, 230 left in the game, trying to get it to Kawhi in the post. This is good. I mean, this is a, massive play of the game. Toronto leads by one at this point, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Yeah, Toronto leads by one, 2.30 left. Danny Green has the ball on the outside trying to get it into the post and Chris Middleton just gets up in on his body. Such smart basketball. One, the best way to deny a post pass is to d- get in on the guy's body. Two, Danny Green can't dribble. He wants to, he's just a shooter. He cannot dribble. So, up into him as tight as you can be as Chris Middleton. Suddenly, Green is uncomfortable. He can't get the pass up to to Kawhi Leonard. So he tries to put it on the deck, and Middleton steals it. Outlet to Brooke Lopez, and the Bucks are up 101-100 with 2.20 left. I thought those are the kind of plays you need. Um, I, those are truly um, the kind of plays that you have to have. All right, so those are my kind of thoughts on that ball game. Um Quick thought on Warriors-Blazers. I thought Seth Curry said it best. The Warriors are harder to guard without Kevin Durant. They move around faster. They're not better. They're just harder to guard. I thought that was a really good point um, by Seth Curry. I thought that actually sums it up probably the best you can. Um, The EuroLeague Final Four is going on. The Jazz have always kind of found players out there, which makes it a little interesting. Um... The other one that's interesting there is one, the guys, uh, two guys are going to be up for MVP. One of them is Jan Vesely, um, who I don't know if we go, you know, that someone goes and tries to go get him back, but he, he was a elite level top 10 pick by Washington um, and ended up kind of uh, flailing out and not being much of a player. The other one is a kid by the name of, and I'm not going to get it right, Kostas Sloakis who is a 6'3 left-handed point guard uh, out of Greece, plays for Fenerbahce, who has been, um, he's been borderline MVP. Uh, He was drafted in the NBA draft in 2012, uh, you know, uh, and went undrafted. He's been, he's led his team to the EuroLeague Finals six times. Like, I don't know much about him. Um, He's been a EuroLeague champion three times, but this is kind of one of these non-athletic, probably, I'm just stereotyping, very, very good European point guards. And he's 29 years old. You'd think somebody would have found him by now. Um, But it's an interesting concept of, like, do you go find some of your bench players from these Greek national teams? I actually buy that concept um, more than second-round draft picks and maybe even more than late first-round draft picks sometimes. Um, So it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, He went, he had, you know, He's just kind of, he's had a very, I think he's had a very good year for them. He, he kind of was a borderline starter who now has become a, a better player, maybe broken out at 29 years old. And 
Uh, and then the other one I think is always interesting, and this is kind of the other comment I was going to make on last night's game, um, is the uh, the the NBA players who go who kind of flail out in the NBA and then become really good players over there. Um, Gustavo Ayan, who played for New Orleans, who is actually a Mexican player, he's six ten. Um, He's now like become this EuroLeague star. He played for the Hornets, the Magic, the Bucks, and the Hawks. Um, and before that was in Real Madrid. And, you know, he's interesting because he was kind of this pick and pop five. He's 34 years old. And he's probably the next version of Epe Udo that somebody brings back over, maybe at 34. Um, he's so limited. Um, but he was kind of a mid-range shooter. Now has he become... Now he suddenly goes, has he become a three-point shooter? He's become better. He's 34, so he's a, probably a bad example. Eddie Traveris is another one, and I just looked it up. He has not shot a lot of threes this year. So it's just an interesting to kind of see these guys that were former NBA players who are now um, playing in the, in the EuroLeague and suddenly maybe having some more uh, success. Eddie Traveris is interesting. Um, because he's 7'3", 260, and one of these really long players that nobody could figure out how to use. He was last, kind of played like 13 NBA games and just totally flared out. And now all of a sudden in the European League, he's become this this kind of pretty darn good player. One of the, is in the final, Euro Final Four. Um, and centers just seem to be able to be found as a little bit of my point. He had 17 and 11 in this game that got them there. He's got a 7'9 wingspan. He's still only 27 years old. Like, I doubt he's an NBA player, but it's... It's interesting to just kind of keep an eye on these guys that go over there. Um, I think he was originally drafted by Atlanta. So I just thought I'd mention that that's, um, that's going. Uh, here's Oh, I got somebody who knows something about Sloakis. Uh, he can shoot off the dribble. He can pass. He can play the pick and roll. He's almost 30, and he's not athletic enough to play in the NBA. Yeah, nor are most of these guys. Um, but sometimes I think you can cover for them. I mean, there's a reason most of these guys are in the European League. But we have found, right? some of these players um, in the EuroLeague and have found ways to be able to make them successful. I don't know that that's necessarily a script we can follow again, but it's worth just, I just thought I'd throw it out there. EuroLeague Final Four is a lot of fun. It's kind of basketball right now. Um, and, and we have it there. All right, so uh, the other one I thought was just really big, and, and we'll then get to your questions and get to the Joe Ingles um, stuff over the, probably the next two days because well, I want to get your questions. Brooke Lopez signed for $3.4 million last year on July 17th. Now, I think that was an anomaly that took place, but this is something the Jazz really have to dig into, and that is what how much money people are spending on centers in the NBA. And so, you know, if you look at Atlanta, I think both Dwayne Dedman and Alex Len are free agents, and both of them are half-decent, and... You know, there's probably 20 to 25 free agent centers in the NBA this year, next year, who are going to be paid. And so they're going to be paid a million to a million five. Um, Are they any good? I don't know. But what's interesting to me about it is the fact that the Jazz have... Derek Favors on the books for $18 million next year, virtually is your backup center. And as great as Favors is, that's a big question mark. Here's the list of free agent centers that are just out there, either restricted or Aaron Baines, 
Thomas Bryant restricted, Ed Davis, Dwayne Dedman, Rashawn Holmes, Ennis Kanter, Nerlens Noel, Dwight Powell, I like him, Noah Vonley, Zubak restricted, Jordan Bell, Tyson Chandler, Amir Johnson, Kayvon Looney, Robin Lopez, Boban, Tut, Andrew Bogut now, Kenneth Fareed, uh, Nene is probably available. Um, I don't know if I think Greg Monroe can really play, but he's out there. Zaza's out there. Epe's out there. Kylo Quinn's out there. They're, they're not great players. They're, none of them are as good as Derek. None of them. But they're all probably a million dollars. And it's a question not of whether they're better than Derek or not. It's a question of $18 million and what you're doing with that. Today's show is brought to you in part by Intercap Lending and my good friend Steve Carter over at Intercap. Intercap's kind of a fun story for us as Locked on Jazz because when Intercap moved back to Utah and, and Josh Romney brought the company, uh, Brock Worthen brought me in and, and explained to what they were doing and I kind of understood it and he tried to explain to me why they were going to be better than everyone else. And, you know, I've heard sales. It's a sales pitch, right? He's trying to explain to me. I'm trying to figure out whether we want to sponsor him. And then... I end up doing my mortgage with them. They're unbelievable. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally comfortable representing you. And since then, they've grown amazingly from two to 11 branches. They now have two in Utah County and Ogden. They're in Tooele. And the reason is because they do things well. They have great relationships. They're one of the largest independent dealers, uh, independent lenders. They're highly responsive. They embrace change. They have a great borrower experience. They're a direct issuer. They still actually hold our loan right now. And so they're able to do things that other people aren't doing. If you have a, need a difficult loan done that, or low credit, maybe you're self-employed, maybe you have business assets, maybe you have multiple properties, it can be any sorts of reason. Once mistakes somewhere along the way, all of those things, let them take a look at your loan. Steve Carter's our guy, 385-885-28. Tell Steve that you're with Locked on Jazz. He'll give you the corporate discount. It's 385-885-28. They treat us like a corporation, so we get those discounts. 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Call Steve Carter at 385-800-8528. All right, let's get to your questions. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Uh... What's the fit of Patrick Beverly with the Jazz? Seems his defense would really fit well. All right. Um, this is actually like one of the... I'm going to actually play this game with 
Tony Jones when he comes on the show next week, like better than Ricky Rubio. So Patrick Beverly is um, 6'1", 185. Like, I think that matters. He's, he's kind of tiny. Um, two years ago, he played 11 games. His last year, he busted out, played 78. He played 27 minutes a game. Rarely shoots. Is a good three-point shooter when he does shoot at 39%. Um, goes to the line rarely. Right, let's see. Do I have pack up? Or, excuse me, do I have points gained up? I do not. So let me pull up that sheet and see where he is. Um, he's, You know, he brings a tenacity. He brings a fight. We saw that much maybe overplayed a little bit. Um, I think he's really good. I also think he probably is limited. He is a dead even offensive pack player. Um, let's see. Let's go look at real plus minus, which I think is the best way to probably look at a defensive player. Um, point guard, real defensive, real plus minus. Number one in the league was Chris Paul. Number two was Kyle Lowry. Interesting. Number three was George Hill. Number four was Corey Joseph, who's a free agent. Number five was Derek White. Number six was Patrick Beverly. Pretty hard to quibble that Ricky Rubio is 12th, by the way. Uh, really 11th, because there's a guy in Boston who played 36 games who's ahead of him. So um, so I would say he's really 11th um, in a pretty high level. Uh, but Rubio's offensive numbers are real plus minus, not better than Patrick Beverly. So brings a level of toughness to the team. Can shoot it if you're left wide open. It's interesting. Small. That's there's those are my thoughts. Uh, Brian uh, wants me to introduce him to Matt Moon. I think he misspelled Matt Moon's name. Last time out, rule changed at the end of games. What has the effect been last year? Oh, last year timeout rules changed at the end of game. What has the effect been uh, other than rule changes? I do think it's faster at the end of games, um, and there's less fouling late in games because of the fact that you can't call the timeout to advance the ball, so it's almost a useless exercise to foul. I think it's interesting how much that's gone away. Actually, if I was a coach, I think I would bring it back to much of everyone's chagrin. Um, so I do think um, I do think that there's something, like I think that rule change has helped. I think it's a little, it's taken away some of the strategy late in games. The players are playing, there's not as much coaching going on. Uh, Tyler Grange, I guess, has, I butchered your last name. I don't have a pronunciation guide on you, so. Uh, who do you consider untradeable in the Jazz? No one. Like, no one. We don't have the best player in the league, so they're not untradeable, right? Like, Donovan's contract would be hard to trade, and Donovan's community involvement would be hard to trade, but, like, like well, Kawhi's a free agent, but, like, if Kawhi wanted to come, you want to trade him for Donovan, and he was willing to sign a five-year contract, like, would you pro- you'd probably do it, wouldn't you? Right? Like, there aren't a lot of players, but Giannis wants to suddenly come to Utah. Are you right? Um, Steph Curry decides, you know what, I don't like Golden State. I want to come to Utah. Are you trading Donovan for him? Would you trade Nick, Rudy Gobert for Nikola Jokic? Would you trade Rudy Gobert for Anthony Davis? I don't know. Would you trade for Kevin Durant? So, I mean, the question, I think, is flawed. Like, who's – I think the Jazz would prefer, 
like to hold on to Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert and build to make each of their lives better. Like, I think that's the the core aspect of things. Royce O'Neal's contract is totally fabulous, so it seems unlikely that you'd you'd want to trade him. Um, and then most of the other guys on the roster are free agents at this point, right? Jay Crowder, I, I think you'd probably prefer not to trade Jay Crowder, but the fact also is that Jay Crowder is got a at some point you have if you're going to make trades you have to move contracts right like you can't just hold on to every single guy and make trades you have to move contracts um i don't think dante's tradable i think kyle's value goes beyond what he can do on the floor if he decides not to retire but again kyle's contract is a pretty appealing contract to maybe you know deal with though it's non-guaranteed it doesn't come off for as much money so i think uh, I, I, I guess I'm just kind of quibbling with the concept of the question, if you understand what I'm saying in that regard. What teams in the West do you think will be better next year compared to this year as it stands now? Good question. Um, well, I think, let's look at it. Uh, I don't think the Warriors will be better. I still think they'll be great. Denver's, I think, a better team next year. They believe in themselves. They know how to win. They've had some big experiences. Portland's probably about the same. Houston will not be better. Oklahoma City, I don't think, will be better. I think Russ is on a decline. I think they're in trouble. Spurs, if they get DeJounte Murray back and Derek White continues to develop, could be a little better. Clippers will be better with Kawhi Leonard. Sacramento, we'll see what Luke Walton can do. They'll run a lot. I'm not, we'll see. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Willie Cauley-Stein. Lakers will be better. I would assume that they get some different players. And um, Minnesota should be better than 36 and 46 with Carl Anthony Towns, but I don't, and we'll see who their coach is. Memphis, don't know. Pelicans, don't know. Dallas, if Chris Stapps is healthy, should be better. So there is an upswing in a lot of teams there. As of right now, I don't. There's, you know, Donovan should be better year two to year three, but that's not enough. Um, and we've we've got a bunch of, I mean, this is a crucial, crucial, big off season. Like it's this is kind of wild how much stuff is on the line right now. Who should the Jazz draft in the first round? I saw a guy from Kentucky in the mock draft, so I have done no draft work. Um, have not seen a single player. Here are the players that have been mentioned: uh, Nazar Little. I haven't. I've have never heard of these players. Uh, out of North Carolina was in one of them. SB Nation, though, had him at 15, and a bunch of other people had him higher. Um, he's interesting just because he's a McDonald's game All-American, and I kind of like these big – I like these guys that are big-time high school prospects that might get in a college system where they don't totally pan out, and then it comes together for him, a Harry Giles or um, some of those kind of things. Keldon Johnson is a guard out of Kentucky that's being mentioned. Um they, they, I'm just reading from what I – it says he is a well-rounded guard as a freshman in Kentucky with no signature skill but apparent weaknesses. He's a good athlete, competent shooter at 6'6", who could carry the Wildcats' offense on a given night. Needs to improve playmaking, decision-making, and finishing with as many turnovers as assists. So that's certainly not a point guard, but I don't know what that is anymore. I like 6'6". Um, Grant Williams is probably the player you're talking about. ESPN had him. Um, 6'7", 241, so big boy, but not um, 
They're Jazz trying to find a long-term replacement for Derek Favors. Like, at 23, we are not finding a long-term replacement for Derek Favors. I'll tell you that. Williams possesses the type of feel and toughness character in of the Jazz organization. He has some untapped upside as a perimeter shooter, which Utah's strong player development staff likely can uncover. Um, and then the, there's another one that also had Keldon Johnson out of Kentucky again. They said about him, the Jazz can get younger and add depth in the wing. Johnson's stock has dropped as his limitations became evident at Kentucky, but he does enough offensively and brings strong enough intangibles to appeal to a playoff team as a future content- contributor. His competitive approach is easy to appreciate, and he should be able to shoot and defend enough to find an itch. Let me say this about I, I think this is an interesting way to look at the draft. Um, Look at the Raptors roster for a second. Um, they have had a lot of young players play for them. Uh, and I'll be honest, I'm stealing this from someone. I, but so OG Ananobi has played a lot for him. He's 6'8", 232. He can actually play like the three, the four, and the five. Okay, so he played a lot. They had Norman Powell played a lot for them over the years. He can play the two or the three. Like there's a great value I think to getting some of the Pascal Siakam came to them as a three, four and has been able to play a lot in his, in his opening years. Fred Van Vliet's just a point guard, but he can play a little off guard. DeLon Wright played for them a lot. He could play the one, the two, and maybe the three. Like, I think there's a real value to draft. If you want players to contribute who can find their way onto the court in multiple routes, because for example, for Tony Bradley to play, and he's not ready yet, but so hopefully he's going to get there. But for Tony Bradley to play, he has to get – there were three guys ahead of him. Like, there was just no scenario where he was playing this year. Now, that, he might have still been the right pick, but if you want a player to contribute, you've got to find a guy. So, like, Grayson played some one, some two, and some three this year. Like, that's, I think, vital if you're looking to try to find someone to contribute to your roster. Have you been to the barbecue pit stop yet? It is pretty fabulous. There's three things when you talk about the barbecue pit stop that have to come to your mind. One, think about it as a barbecue hobby store. Two, think about amazing specialty items you can't get anywhere else. And three, think about specialty advice. That's right. That is what they are. They know how to cook it. They know how to rub it. They know how to sauce it. They know how everything. They have an incredible selection of smokers uh, and grills for you. In fact, I just got a great email um, the other day from somebody who went over the barbecue pit stop and has got a new Traeger in his back uh, yard that he did not have before and is loving it. Uh, And then you've got Kennedy and Clinton and all the guys around at the three locations in Layton, right next to Hill Air Force Base in Lehigh and in Salt Lake City all helping you out uh, at their various locations. They've got the rubs that some of their own guys have made. Some of the uh, some of their guys have actually uh, Steve, who's one of the owners, actually made the Pork Star rub for pulled pork. Kind of funny. Come on, you got to admit, kind of funny. Um, wait a sec. Michael Hart, who was on the show earlier, is the guy that got the Traeger grill. Hey! He says, I stopped by the Layton store, found a great deal on a Traeger smoker, not a grill smoker. I've been looking at the smoker price for I Couldn't believe the barbecue pit stop price was better than online store prices. The courteous salesperson helped me buy the smoker. The correct pallet, pellets, the rub, the wireless meat thermometer, and the grill cover. I wish I could attach the scent that wafts around the house now. 
The barbecue pit stop will be a frequent stop. See? Good old Mike right here doing it. Stop by the barbecue pit stop in Layton, in Lehigh, and in downtown at 1300 South and 3rd West. Selection, expertise, and a lifelong barbecue advisor. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Um, is there a scenario where you could trade for Mike Conley and offer a max deal to Tobias Harris while keeping Gobert and Donovan? I do not believe so. Because the minute you add Mike Conley, you don't have cap space anymore. Right? You have to, if you're adding Tobias Harris, you have to have cleared the cap space. Let me find my little notes on Jazz cap space. So, no, there's not a scenario where you can go. So, if, I I keep trying to find like a not moniker so I can get this right every single time. All right. So, just free agents. So, Udo, Tabo, Rubio, the O's. 14 million, right? How are we going to remember this? We need to find a simple way. So 14 million is just our free agents. And then the other way, our max number is 38. So we favors Neto, Corver, right? Those are our next. So don't bring back any free agents. And then Corver, Neto, and favors go off your books. You have 38. If you want to keep Corver, you have, and it's not as you have thirty-two. So that's when you then you do that and you sign Tobias. There's, and that's what you use your thirty million to go sign Tobias Harris, and then you don't have players left on your roster to go sign. To go trade for like unless you're trading. I don't know how you, you couldn't do it. I don't think you could. You you can't come up with enough. And I mean, unless you're trading Joe Ingles and why would they, you know, the other team has to want to do this too. Let's always remember that. Um, can you trade like just so feasibly, I guess we're asking at this point, not realistically. Um, so Mike Conley at 30 million favors is gone. Rubio has gone. So we're trading Joe Ingles, Dante Axum and Jay Crowder. I'll bet that works. Yeah. Okay, so if they want Joe Ingles, Dante Exum, and Jay Crowder, we could go get Michael Mike Conley too. Like they're well, I they're not gonna. I I can't imagine they want that. At that point, our roster is. What would our roster be? We would have Rudy Gobert, 
Did I trade Kyle? No, I didn't trade Kyle. We we kept Kyle. Donovan. Grayson. Royce. Tobias Harris and Mike Conley. We'd be pretty good. Go sign a bunch of guys that we never heard of. Um, but so yes, in theory you could do that. Um, but I don't know why Memphis wants to do that. I guess you're putting in a million draft picks. Um, should the Jazz flop more? I don't know the answer to that. Um, so is your advice to Jazz fans, we cannot trade for anyone, so really get over it, period. The only way we can get better is free agency and don't expect an all-star. I don't know if that's my message, but I do think that this is a hard offseason. Like, it's cute for us to all talk about Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris all the time, which is what we should be talking about, and a talent upgrade and finding that player, and hopefully we have something to sell, but you, you, it only takes one other team to be more appealing or to be the place you want to go. So that's a really, really difficult scenario by which to live. Like when you, And then for trades... If you're talking about Mike Conley or Drew Holiday, you're going to have to find a better offer than what everybody else has to offer. And you're not willing to give up Donovan or Rudy. Now, New Orleans... Like, is there an argument that New Orleans would, after Anthony Davis has moved, if they go get Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma, and Anthony Davis is going to Lakers, and they have, that they actually now need Derek Favors. And we've signed Favors, and so part of their next deal is we send them Favors as a five and Crowder, and they've gotten rid of Randall for Drew Holiday, and may, like maybe, no, that trade failed. That trade failed. Oh, maybe because Favors is a, doesn't count yet. I don't know, but that did not work for some reason. Um, so I guess in that scenario, maybe there's a, favors becomes a value to them because they need a center. And so maybe. Like, right. I mean, favor, the, the trick here also is the timing has to be so sharp. So the Jazz need to go into free agency, basically go to Kemba, go to Tobias Harris, and anybody else you think, that's worth it, or if they think they're worth it, and say, are you willing to sign, maybe Chris Middleton, I don't know, whoever you think is the guy, Clay Thompson, whatever you think, Jimmy Butler, which, you know, whatever you, whatever you think is the guy, and have it done before the 5th of July with then favors deal at that point you have to make a decision on with favors. And if you don't have a deal done for one of these free agents, you almost have to pick up favors. Op- you have to pick up favors option at that point. Have to. Because that's your only tradable contract. Once you've picked up that option, you can now trade him. Um, but that's the window. You've got July 1 to July 5 to be able to get one of those deals done. At which point then you rescind everyone's right and you decide they're worth it, right? Like, so you're deciding that you're better off with Tobias Harris than Derek Favors, Ricky Rubio, and Howell Neto. Like, that's your decision. They all have to go. 
and now you're trying to figure out what your other player is. Now, you know, they're not all they're not all like it's not like you don't get anyone else like Wayne Ellington and um Wesley Matthews and Rodney Hood, frankly, and Alec Burks and Seth Curry and Rodney Magruder. Garrett Temple, I love Garrett Temple, actually, um, are all free agents, and so maybe you're going to add one of those guys, and then and then Donovan's going to play the one. Or Patrick Beverly, Corey Joseph, Alfred Payton, Thomas Sadoransky, and probably no reason you can't do both of those at that point on some smaller deals if the market dries up for those guys. But they, again, they got to come to Utah, want to come to Utah. Um, outside of a star, which point guards talked about yesterday would help the Jazz? So, so I like Sadoransky a little bit. I like Alfred Payton a little bit. They can't shoot. DeLon Wright can't shoot. Sadoransky can shoot. Corey Joseph kind of can shoot. He had a terrible second half of the season. It was really disturbing. I mean, those are just... But I don't know that they're better than Rubio. Goran Dragic is interesting, but he is really slowing down. His body's beginning to fail him. Darren Collison is a good three-point shooter, but he only shoots when he has to, when he, you know, he's wide open. Oh, my gosh. We did not get to the Joe Ingles breakdown again. Poor Joe. It's kind of becoming a joke at this point. Uh, he is the Matt Damon of this show. Um... Let's see. Ed Davis would be a good backup for Rudy? Absolutely. Is Ed Davis a free agent? I didn't have him on my list. Oh, yeah, he is. Absolutely. See, this is the thing. I think you can go get a backup center for a million dollars. As good as Derek? No. And if Rudy goes out, he's not going to be anywhere near the security. But you better – there's no point in doing that unless you know you're filling that gap, that $30 million gap. Like, if you can sign – Boyan Banyanovic and I don't know. We got $32 million. Two fifteen million. And you think a Malcolm Brogdon $15 million deal isn't going to get matched? And so you let Faves go and you add Banyanovic and Brogdon and then use a million dollars for Ed, $2 million for Ed Davis? I think you're better. You might not be, though. It's just really going to be crazy and complicated. All right, that is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Sorry, Joe, we didn't get to you again. We'll do it tomorrow, right? We will do it. Friday show, we'll get to it tomorrow. Have a good one. See you. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.